Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, 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 I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, as we share your word this morning, Father, as I share your word this morning, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would fall upon those that hear your word today, Lord, and that faith would rise up in their hearts, Father. I thank you ahead of time, Lord, for the healings that are going to happen here in just a few moments. I thank you ahead of time, Lord, for the deliverance that's going to happen here in just a few moments, Lord. We are here gathered with great expectancy because we serve a great God. And we thank you, Father, for a move that's happening already in our midst, Lord. And Lord, as we share these things, Father, that these words of faith would not only build us up, but it would tear down lies in our lives. It would tear down fear, Lord. It would remove doubt, Lord, that faith would rise to the top. And that would be the only thing that remains, Lord, our faith in you and in your power to heal and deliver in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I'm a little fired up if you haven't noticed. So... There's different ways that healing comes, and we teach these different ways here. Uh, The laying on of hands, anointing of oil, call upon the elders of the church and have them anoint someone with oil. Then we have faith and power, which is the one that's going to kind of be demonstrated here today, where Jesus goes, it is your faith that has made you whole. See, Jesus never took the, the, the credit. He would pray for somebody, pick up your bed and walk. He would lay hands on the sick. He would spit Right? We're not going to spit on anybody here today, but we spit and he would put the, the, the mud on, the, on his eyes and then he would say, go wash up and he'd go wash up. He says, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. And that's, that's the part that we really need to build up is our faith. To, to make us whole, faith and power. And then there's the gifting of the Spirit. One of the nine gifts of the Spirit is uh, the gift of healing, which happens as the Spirit wills. It says that these nine giftings, prophecy and uh, uh, you know, interpretation of tongues, uh, you know, all the different nine gifts of the Spirit, they uh, operate according to how God wills them to operate. We don't, there's not a switch we could hit for that. Now, we do seek Him. We do believe in those things. We, we are those that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit moves in our midst. And, and you know, I, I've heard people say, Holy Spirit, we give you permission. He doesn't need our permission. He just needs us to get out of the way, right? And, and that's what we do around here. We just get out of the way and we allow the Spirit to move. So that's another way that healing comes. But today we're going to talk about ever-present healing power. And uh, we talked about faith in action last week, about how Faith requires you to do something. It requires you to act out something. It requires you to say something. Faith requires something of you, not just to, it's not a a mental descent where you just sit there and go, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe it's going to happen. And it just happens. That's not how that works. You believe, and because you believe, you act upon what you believe. And that action causes your faith to to, uh, get to a place where things change and people change. Amen? And your circumstance will change. So when we teach on healing, there are many questions that come to mind. 
Why did God heal them and not me? Why doesn't healing happen more often like in the old days? Oh, can't me, you know, some of you, some of the gray-haired and no-haired in the room, um, you know, we, I, I have the gray hair, right? It's, it, I just cut it really short so you can't see it, but when I grow it in, you know, all the gray hair comes out. But, um, you know, we, we, I remember, you know, I'm not that old, but I remember, I still watch some of Shambach's old black and white videos of him, you know, having uh, tent meetings and revival meetings and people getting healed. And uh, there's even one where he slaps this lady, you know, onto the ground. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, I don't know what you're going to do but don't ask me to do that one, you know, because these, these guys, these, nowadays you go to jail for something like that, right? These boys were bold, man. There's stories of all these tent meetings and these different revivals and things where people were getting healed all the time. Why doesn't that happen anymore? Azusa Street Revival where people that weren't even in the service were walking by and they were falling out on the sidewalk and people driving had to pull over because the Holy Spirit was upon them so hard. And, and I mean, they were sitting on buckets there was hay on the ground. The building they were in was half burned down. The preacher had one eye. He was blind in one eye. He limped. He was black back in the early uh, 1900s, and he was about this big. So God can use anybody to do anything at any time. We need to begin to believe for those things. And this Because he's not different back then than he is now. God didn't change and go, oh, these people, they're heathens. They're really bad. You know, those people back then, at least, you know, they, they knew how to, how to stay married and, and not curse and drink and do drugs. And, and, you know, those people, that's why I moved back then. But now that's not God at all. That's, God's not looking around to see who's, who's worthy of receiving his miracles. He's looking around at who has faith to receive his miracles. All right. I believe that we have tickled the palate with wisdom and revelation and we have come to expect a word that makes us feel wiser and smarter. Wow. Have we not? Yeah. Boy, the, the pastor better preach a good word. I want some kind of new revelation. I, he better teach me something. Well, what, what, is, what is the theme for this year? Trim the fat, right? Yeah. And, and I, the Lord spoke to me so strongly right here to, at a, 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 during a prayer service during the 21 days. It says, we're going to trim the fat this year. See, God's word is not about how much revelation and knowledge that you can receive so that you can become smart in the word. It's about how much of it you're going to actually live and how much of it you're going to believe. And if you're going to, all it takes is one little word that you believe and all of a sudden a miracle happens. See, these people, they get saved. And right when they get saved, you know, they're, they're in wheelchairs or they're, they're, you know, blind or deaf or whatever. And they get, and the moment they get saved, even, even before they get saved, you know, you know, Jesus never led anybody to God before he healed them. Right. He never told them that they had to confess their sins. He never asked them, what did you do to end up like that? The disciples asked that. Yeah. Remember the blind man? He asked, says, well, how come he's blind? What did his parents do to cause him to be blind from birth? He goes, no, it ain't his, his parents' sin. He was blind from birth so that I could be glorified. So God can be glorified, he said. Right? God's going to be glorified here today. Amen? So we... We have gathered to receive knowledge and to be entertained. Right? Come on. I've done it too. We have substituted the presence of God with doing what we know so we can feel safe from hell and condemnation. Right? I just want to know that one day I'm going to heaven and we miss out on everything God paid for and everything Jesus paid for on the cross. Well, today that changes. We have chosen to believe the words of man rather than the words of God. We take... You know, I, sometimes I say these little nuggets, and you guys, especially over here, I won't say her name, but they go, wow, amen. And I, I like that because it encourages me to continue to preach. Or somebody, oh, yeah, that's good, good word. Preach it, pastor. And those are all awesome. And, but, man, if it's not grounded in the word, 
If they're just little nuggets and little sayings that tickle our palate and make us feel good about ourselves or about something that we just blows our mind, right? It's like, wow, that's amazing. Well, then it's in your mind and that does you no good. It's when it's here, when the word sinks into your heart, it becomes rhema, becomes alive in you, and you believe it no matter what people say, no matter what man says, no matter what circumstance, no matter what. This is what's different from these old preachers to the new ones. They just preached it. They didn't care what people thought. They didn't care what doctors said. They didn't care what the disease was. They didn't care what the, the, the pastor that was filling a 10,000-person building down the street was preaching. He didn't care about any of that. He only cared about what the word said. Right? I got adjustments to make, and I'm making them here today, right in front of you. You ready? We need power, not just words. We need power, not just words. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5 says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, <laughs> but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We go around and we, come on, nowadays it's so easy because of YouTube and, right, you can go online. We have three or four different Christian channels that you can watch. Great ministers of God. I listen to some of them. They're awesome. Man, but we got to learn that those men, this man standing before you today, doesn't have all the truth and all the faith. You have to have it. What good would it do if I have it and you don't? Right? We have to receive it. It's not just uh, 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 words, but we need to have faith in his power. In his power. See, I don't want to be a preacher of uh, wise and persuasive words. We have those, don't we? Send me $10,000. You laugh, but it happens all the time and it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. It bothers me to watch my brother in Christ use persuasive words for his own gain. It hurts me. I'm not being critical of these people. I'm telling you that they've missed it, and it hurts me to see that. I pray for them. You want me to continue? Yes. Hey there, if you guys are watching. <laughs> we need an encounter, not just an explanation. We need an encounter, not just an explanation. We're going to read John 9, 17, and then we're going to skip to verse 25 in chapter 9 also. In the New International Version, it says, 17. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he's a prophet. 25. There's a whole bunch of discussion in between these two scriptures that we don't need to cover today. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I would, look, I don't know who he was, who he is, what he does, what he doesn't do. What you guys want to call him, you can call him a blasphemer. You can call him, you know, he runs around healing people and saying that he, he, he you know, forgives sin. He's, man, this guy's, this guy's of the devil. I don't know. You guys can say whatever you want. All I know is that I had an encounter. And because I had an encounter with him, I can see. A miracle happened because I had an encounter. That's always what I say to those that come and knock on the door. You know, the theme song is, uh, someone's knocking at the door, someone's ringing the bell, do me a favor, don't open the door, and don't let them in. So they, <laughs> so they come to the door, 
And I and we we could and, and these people I won't say who they are, but they know that they know the Bible back and forth, man. These they have they have knowledge. There's a certain level of knowledge there that it's like, wow, man, these people really know. But there's something that they cannot take from me. There's something they cannot use their knowledge and wisdom to rob me of. And that's the fact that I had an encounter with God. So when it all boils down, if they know more than I do, I always end up with, you know what? There's one thing you cannot convince me of, that the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, saved me on June 21st, 1987, and I had an encounter with God, and it changed every part of me. My mind, my soul, my body, everything. It changed the way I think, the way I behave. It changed what I did. It changed everything for me. I had an encounter with God. You can't take that from me. Right? You can't convince me that there is no God because I met him face to face and it changed everything. We need presence, not just practice. Presence, not just practice. Romans 8, 11, uh, very familiar scripture, but we're going to read it in the Message Bible. It says, it stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did with Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. Come on. You want to hear it in the King James Version? The presence of God, the same resurrection power of God, it quickens your mortal body. The body that it was created to die, right? You have a, the day that you're born is not the beginning of your life. It is the beginning of your life, but it is also the beginning of the end of your life. Because there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a stopping point here, right? There's a day that we're all going to go, thank God, right? When, we, when we've had enough, I haven't had enough. I got too many people to save. I got too many, you know, I got grandchildren. I want to see my great-grandchildren, right? I want to see them living in the Lord and following in his, in his footsteps, not mine, in his footsteps, because of a decision that I made up to four generations from me. Come on. We need presence, not just practice. We need faith, not just facts. We need such a paradigm shift. We need such a, a change in our mind. We need faith, not just facts. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. That word sight actually is not just your seeing. It means all five senses. We use the word sight, but it actually means all. It, it, we walk by faith and not by our senses, by what we feel, by what we hear, by what we see. Right? It's not about what we sense. It's about what he said. See, Jesus has never, was never concerned about the facts. He was never concerned about how did you end up blind? Why are you lame? What did you get? What did you catch? How did you end up? What open doors do you have in your life that caused this demon possession? He never asked any of these questions. Right? What caused Lazarus to die? Why is he dead and in the tomb? He never asked. He didn't ask. He just said, come forth. And the dead rise. See, and the, and the blind saw. Pick up your bed and walk. The lame walked. He never asked. He never, he never wanted the facts because he had the faith. And he says, greater things you will do. 
He said that to us. Greater things we will do than what he did. Now, do we, we don't need to gather the facts, but it's nice to know so I can target my faith. Because the facts don't, don't uh, 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 you know, declare my life. They don't declare how I live. Only faith does. Romans chapter 4, 19 through 21. It says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Fact. This is about Abraham. Since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. We do that, don't we? We waver. What's taking so long? Why isn't it working? The doctor said this. WebMD said that. If we shut down the internet for a month, we'd all be healed. But <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to watch me. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, fully convinced, fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. See, what God already said he would do, he's not just going to, he, he's able to do it. See, we don't come before God and pray because we want him just to hear our prayer. We want him to answer our prayer. And he doesn't just answer, he's capable of answering our prayer. We need to, we need to get our prayer life to his level of power in our lives. He did not consider the fact that his body was dead and Sarah's womb was, was long gone, right? No more babies there, no more eggs being, being you know, uh, made. It was, it was done. It was a done deal. He didn't even consider the facts. All he considered in faith, and he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Are we fully convinced this morning that God is able to perform what he said he would do? That's a yes. Yeah. I guess you're not. Not convinced yet are you convinced i'm not i don't know maybe we'll see that's not faith <laughs> we see here in romans that <laughs> we see here in romans that abraham got a word from the lord and was able to have the faith to make it come to pass in having a son a hundred years old his name was isaac so they had a son named isaac but you know before that he had another son Ishmael, he created something. I'm going to be very careful here because I don't want to talk bad about medicine or science or anything like that because I believe it serves a purpose. Not the purpose, but a purpose. But he, they, he had the promise. Him and Sarah had the promise that they would be a father of many nations and that they would bear a child. 75 or so he was when he, when he got, 20 years later is when they started to, to really believe that they were going to, you know, because he shows up again and tells them, so 20-something years, he's waiting to have this child. But during that time of waiting, they took matters into their own hands. And they worked on, uh, uh, instead of their faith, the fact that they were getting old. And he was the only one that was kind of working. You guys still with me? All right. He was the one that was still kind of able to hum and hum and So... What did they do? They looked at the maid and they said, hey, she's young enough to have children. She's in the bearing age. Let's, you know, let's go ahead and, and do this on our own here. 
instead of believe God for his promise. And they did, and they created an Ishmael. You know, God blessed Ishmael. He promised to bless him. He says, I'll bless him, but that's not my promise. You can live in this. You can live like this in what you create yourself, or you can live in what I have promised you to to do. We can continue to live in doing what the doctors have told us, and we should. I'm not saying we shouldn't. Believe me, I am not knocking these things. I, I I go to the doctor. All right, I get checkups. When something hurts, I want to know what it is. Okay? But the doctor does not determine the faith that I'm going to have to be delivered from that thing. There's been times where they say, we got to do surgery. I said, oh, no, you're not. What needs to be fixed exactly? Okay, no problem. And we pray about it, and we believe, and we stand on his word. And God has always done what he said he would do. He is not a liar. Let's not create any more Ishmaels. Come on. Let's be those that create Isaacs, the promise of God operating in our life. Believing God's promises requires faith beyond the facts. See, the facts were that they were both too old to conceive, and Sarah had been trying an entire life to get pregnant. 100 years or 90 years. Faith says God made a promise, and he keeps his promises even if they come to pass 13 years after he made the promise to Abram to Abram and Sarai. Is the truth? It is the truth that sets you free, not the facts. It doesn't say, and the facts will set you free. It doesn't say that. It says, and the truth will set you free. That was just the introduction. Ever-present healing power. Luke 5.17. This is our reference scripture for today. Luke 5.17, New King James Version. If you haven't been listening to now, perk up, because this is where you're going to start. Now it happened on a certain day, and he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Can I go back a little bit? Then it happened on Sunday, February 23rd. And Pastor Rick, he was teaching. And some of the people from around town, Deland, Deltona, Orange City, Sanford, DeBerry, right? They all kind of came around and they gathered in the temple. Listen very closely. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal who? Them. All of them that were gathered there. Pharisees and people from all over the place and teachers and lawyers. He was even able to heal the lawyers. Can you imagine that? IRS agents. He was there. Everyone was present. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Who? Us. The power, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy this over you. The power of the Lord is present to heal you. Some of you are starting to receive that right now. 
Some of you are like, I came with this and I came with that. And I heard last week when he said this was a healing service and, and I came ready. And you're already beginning to receive just from the word that you've heard. The power of God is present to heal you right now. Everyone in the room. Doesn't matter where you've been, where you've come from. It doesn't, listen, if you are saved or unsaved, if you've received Jesus or haven't received Jesus, if you were out clubbing last night and mistreating people last night and doing whatever you were doing last night, or even this, if you yelled at your wife coming to church this morning, he's, his power is present to heal you too. And to heal your wife for everything she had to hear you say. That was good. You guys should have. So are you in this room today? Then the power is present to heal you. See, there was one man that was not in the room that had enough faith to know that if he could get to where that power was present, he would be healed. Luke 5, 18 through 20. Then behold, men brought, a bed, a, brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him, before Jesus. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because the place was so crowded, because of the crowd, they went up in the housetop and let him down with his bed through the, through the tilling into the midst before Jesus. Listen, when he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said to the man, Man, your sins are forgiven you. There's something powerful here because he doesn't say when he saw the man's faith. He says when he saw their faith. Not just, these are the kind of friends you want to surround yourself with that they're willing, they're willing to climb up on the roof and tear out the roof and bring you down. They, they're willing to do whatever they have to to get you before Jesus. Those are, those are the friends I want. Right? They're, they're willing to pick me up and carry me. Luke 5, 24 through 25. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take your bed, and go to your house. Immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately, immediately he rose up front before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house glorifying God sometimes we need friends to carry what we need what we can't carry but it comes a point where we can carry our own right there's times where we need to surround ourselves with people who are going to encourage us with a positive word from the word from the word of God a positive word that we can do these things there's a time where we need those but man there comes a time where we need to carry our own and that's what he did he could get there but when he got there and they got they carried him and the bed and then what happened? He didn't need them anymore. He carried his own bed. He picked it up and he walked out of there healed. But he wasn't just healed because that's just for the moment. That's just for the time. Jesus says, listen, just so you would know that I can do both, I'm going to forgive him of his sin and I'm going to heal him. I'm not just going to heal him. I'm going to forgive him of his sin and I'm going to heal them. He saw their faith. He not only saw the faith of the paralyzed man, but also the men that were lower, lowering him down. Who was doing faith in action that day? The friends were doing faith in action, weren't they? 
But he was the one that cried out, just get me over there to this guy. This man, this, this son of man, this guy, he's got power to heal. And the power of God is present over there. Get me over there. And there's a whole other side road to take here, but I'm just going to say it and we're going to move on. The power of God is present to heal wherever you are at because his presence lives inside of you. At that time, he walked with the people and he talked with the people and they had to go where Jesus was, right? And he says, wait a minute, you got to let me go so that when I go, I can send down the helper that's going to what? Live inside of you. I'm not just going to be with you. I'm going to be in you. That power that, that you've been watching, the resurrection power where I've resurrected people from the dead, the power that caused the blind to see, the power that made lame walk, the power that cast out demons, legions of demons, that power is coming down to live inside of you. I'm just demonstrating it so you learn how to use it. Right? I'm just showing you this is how it works. Something else that happened that day was, and it doesn't say anything else about who received healing, but it appears that no one else in the room did. See, why did the paralyzed man receive healing that day and no one else? He plugged into the power that was present through his faith in who Jesus is. See, Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one that brings the power to heal into the house. Where is Jesus today? So why is the, the power of God to heal is in the house? Because we're here. And because we're here, he's here. And if you start to believe these words, you're, gonna, you're starting to believe these words. Say, I believe. Come on, you're starting to believe these words. It's starting to heal your body right now. It's beginning to work on your mind right now. I believe that. Romans 8, 11, in the New King James Version, I read it earlier in the message. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. There's your confirmation of where Jesus is. He is in you. And if he is in you, then he is in this house right now. For us to plug into the very present power to heal, we must have a change of heart. We have to change the way that we see healing. We have to change. We've been taught some things that we need to really change what we've been taught. Listen, I've gone back. I have a file. I have a, a, a flash drive with all my teachings for probably, man, I can go back maybe 12 years on the flash drive. But then I have a file that I can go farther back. I keep all my on paper. Now I keep everything on the flash drive, and then somebody comes up here and steals my notes after I'm done. But um, I, I use that flash drive, and I go back. And the other day I went back. I think I went back to, like, where was I? Like, 02 or something like that. And then I went to my, I had a file at home, and I went in there, and I pulled some of my, my preachings out on, on healing and faith, and I was like, oh, my Lord. I would not listen to this myself. I mean, some of it was good. I mean, there were good scriptures. But I was like, did I say, did I actually, did I say that? And then I asked the God, God, forgive me for planting that seed into people's hearts if they're still out there believing some of the stuff that I said. Forgive me, Lord. See, but God is not limited by what I know 
and by what I'm able to preach. He's only limited by our faith. So imagine if you just decided to take one scripture and stand on that, it would be enough. It would be enough. Faith the size of a mustard seed. (laughs) So let's look at the story of blind Bartimaeus. In Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, it says, Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. He was a beggar. And when he heard, he was pole. You guys understand what a beggar is, right? And, he, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he heard that it was heard, that it was Jesus, he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. <laughs> Come on, your church believes in that. You, you, really think, you really think God's concerned about your, your, you know, your hangnail? You, you think God's really concerned you know, about, about that little, come on, just take the pill every day, you'll be fine. You think he's really concerned about coming and hitting? You think, come on. Really? 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 But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. (laughs) Now he's in the street. This guy's on the sidewalk. He's probably just a few steps from him. In another version it says he commanded the disciples to go bring him to him. What's he doing? He's discipling them. Everything Jesus does has has a purpose and a reason. Right? What is he doing? He's telling them, hey, go bring that guy to me. You catching this? Right? Come on, bring that guy to me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. Be happy. Come over here. Over here. Over here. Over here. He's blind, remember? Over here. No, this way. To your left. To your left. To your right. Verse 50. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you you want? What you want? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'm sorry. I got this. What's that new, that new show, the Extraordinary Playlist or whatever? I got that thing in my head. It's like a playlist. This stuff just comes up. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse my mind. What did I do? Did I do something wrong? Oh. <laughs> Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Jesus answered him and said, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, or teacher, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. 
immediately he received. See, Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus, and now here he was coming down the road and he, that he was on. Blind people tend to have a heightened sense. All their other senses are heightened because they can't see. So he hears and he knows this has got to be that guy. And he's crying out and crying out and crying out. See, we have to make a choice today. Are we going to be concerned about what others say or think? Or are we going to be the one in the crowd that experiences the miracle? He didn't care that he was blind. He didn't care that he was, uh, 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 you know, a, a beggar. Come on, how many times we pull up to the red light, there's the guy there, and you're like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact, you know. Don't look down to see if you have any change, because then he'll know that you're, and he's going to come up to the window, please. Turn green, turn green, turn green, and you pull away. Or you're walking down the street, come on. I worked with homeless people for three years, okay? And... My, I finally, I went to the doctor one time. I had caught a cold or something. I went to the doctor and I was like, man, I don't know what it is. He goes, what do you do for a living? I said, I work with homeless people. He goes, do you touch them? He goes, every day. I hug them. I, you know, they stink. But all they want is somebody to care about them and love on them. And that's what I do. I'm a minister. So I can't help that. He goes, that's what's going on. So every morning I would pray. I said, Lord, I, I don't catch these things anymore. I let them fall to the ground, right? We say catch a cold. I don't want to catch it, right? <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. I didn't get sick anymore because my faith changed. My faith changed. But here's this man, homeless. And he's making his way. And he's saying, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go there no matter what. I want my sight. But look at what he does in verse 50. Throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. See, he threw his garment aside and left it behind before approaching Jesus to receive his healing. See, during these times, that outer gar garment said to everyone who saw him, I'm a blind beggar. See, even today, you go to work and you see people in suits and ties. And if it's an Armani suit and they got three, four hundred dollar shoes on, you know that they do something important and they make a lot of money. Right. It, it declares the status of their life. Does it not? What you wear declares the status of your life. This man had probably some type of dirty, nasty thing that was just thrown over him. It wasn't a purple robe that the king would wear. It didn't have little gold linen, you know, uh, on the bottom of it. It didn't have, it, it was just a garment. It was, he was homeless. They knew he was a beggar. Why? Because he begged and he was wearing this stinky garment. But it changed everything when he threw that thing off. There was a purpose for him throwing it off, and it was for his own faith. When the blind man cast off his garment, he was essentially saying, I am no longer going to be blind. I am no longer going to be an outcast. I am no longer going to be a beggar. I leave that life behind and approach the one who can give me the, the sight that I'm looking for. See, I'm leaving that behind. Well, that's what we need to do today. That's what we need to do this morning. We need to leave behind these things. We need to take off that garment of lies that have been spoken over us. Some of them are facts, but they're not truth. We need this kind of paradigm shift. Jesus answered him and said, What do you want me to do for you, the blind man? Teacher, that I may receive sight. See, Jesus is asking you today, What is it that you want? Not how did you get here? Not what did you do to get sick? 
Not what did you in inherit? You know, uh, uh, hepatitis C and B and all the, th those are diseases that stay dormant for 20, 25 years and they come from shooting up. A lot of these diseases come from dirty needles and things like that. And, and people that live that life and they get saved and I have friends. I have a pastor in, in Puerto Rico that, that he went through that and went through the treatment and everything and it didn't work. And he went through the treatment twice. The treatment is extremely painful. It's worse than, than the treatment that you take when you have cancer. It's really, really bad. And he went through all these treatments and finally said, forget this. I'm just going to believe in God. But you know what happened? He decided to let go of the life that he had before. We had another pastor friend of mine, same thing, 20-something years in ministry, had a church in Baltimore, just doing, I mean, doing the work of the Lord. And one day he gets sick, goes in and says, you've got this. And he, was, he struggled with it for years because he continued to believe that he had done it to himself, which he did. But Jesus is not concerned with that. See, Jesus is not concerned. The power of God is present to heal. And it is not going to pick out the people in the room that decide, oh, well, you did this to yourself, so now you got to live with it. No, we don't have to live with it because he died for it. Right? He went to the cross and died for it, so we don't have to live with it. See, are you ready to receive is the question. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, say immediately. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. See, this is our opportunity. This is your opportunity to rise up and slip out of your garment of fear. Slip out of your garment of doubt and unbelief. Slip out of your garment of unworthiness. You think you're not worthy to receive what God already paid for? He's not looking for the worthy. He's looking for faith. Come on, we need to slip out of our garment of the words that have been spoken over us. We have these words in our minds and these, these things that have been spoken over us by our doctors, by our, even our loved ones. It's you inherited this. It's in your genes. Well, buy new genes. Right? Lucky Jeans makes really good jeans. American Eagle makes really good jeans. Get rid of the jeans then. Oh, my, my daddy had it. My, you know, my daddy was a diabetic. My grandpa was a diabetic. My dad died of a heart, you know, at 50-something. My great-granddaddy died at 50-something with a heart condition. And, and, they, and they go on and, you know, and I just, I inherited it. No, I'm an heir of God's promises. I'm a child of the almighty God. I have his divine nature. I have the divine nature of the almighty, the DNA of God. Divine nature of all. I have that running through my veins. I'm not subject to what my parents or my grandparents or, or whatever diseases they decided they went through and, and lived with. And, and it's just part of their genes. It's part of something that we inherited and, and we picked up on. No, I broke that chain. I cut that chain. Come on, we need to remove that garment. I'm going to say this one more time. This is your opportunity to rise up and slip out of your garment of fear. Slip out of your garment of doubt and unbelief. Slip out of your garment of unworthiness. Slip out of your garment of the words that have been spoken over you. This is your opportunity to demonstrate your faith by ignoring the voices that of those that have lied to you. Maybe you're lying to yourself. 
Maybe you got your own voice in your head saying, man, you don't know. I did this. I did that. I did the other thing. I'm like this. I'm like that. I'm like this, the other. I don't know what the lies are, but we need to remove them because the truth is that Jesus has set you free. Do you want to be free from cancer? You want to be free from heart trouble, from diabetes, right? Depression, oppression. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive? So we're going to cry out to Jesus today, but today is going to be different than any other time we've done this. Today we're going to believe in faith and we're going to remove all the things that are in our lives that have caused us to get to where we're at right now. Maybe we believed in faith and got healed for something and we decided to put up with something else. I could live with this. Why would you live with something that he died to take from you? <coughs> Excuse me. Why would you live with something that he died to take from you? I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to live in pain, and I am tired of pain. Yes. It's, it's tiring me. Yes. And I'm just living with it. I can, I can still do this. Oh, I can still play golf. I just pop a couple of these before and after, and I'm good. And I can still play golf. So I'm okay. I can still play. No, I'm not okay. I'm more than okay. I'm the heel of the Lord. Amen. How about you? Yes. Amen. Let's go ahead and shut those lights completely off. Thank you, Lord. So last week was faith in action, and this week we're removing all those things. We're believing for healing power. We believe that healing power is in the house. Amen? So we're going to do something with that faith. And today, which hardly ever happens here, I'm going to pray for you. Amen? So if you have anything in your body, in your mind, in your soul, maybe you have things that you've inherited, things that, right, whatever it is, whatever healing that you need, the power of God is present to heal. So instead of having to rip out the roof of the building and have you drop down before Jesus, and I'm not Jesus, instead of doing that, let's just make our way up front. And you can line up right here, and I'm going to lay hands on you. And ushers, I'm going to ask you to, to come and help me with this. Come on. I know that we're all, God, how many of you are taking pills or something? That's like 70% of us. That's what they say, that everybody's on some kind of medication. No, that's enough of that. The presence of God, God's power to heal is present in the house. Do you believe that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.